What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 20th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to break down a couple news and notes from the week. And we'll talk some all-opportunity guys we want to keep an eye on that may have a clearer path to minutes than most. With me to do so is Ryan Knoss. What's up, man? We are in full swing for the Roto World Draft Guide, so that's that's what's up with me. Uh, yeah. re- recently filmed a bunch of videos with Matt Straup, Tommy Beer, Dr. A, and you could look for those on the site over the next week. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, just getting the, the draft guides out, so go get it. It looks great. We're, we're still putting in content, uh, doing live mocks to keep those fresh throughout, uh, up, right up until opening night. Yep, be adding stuff kind of as we go along. Uh, I obviously do multiple times with the abusing the default rankings. Did a pod about that a couple months ago, which has since changed. Um, my favorite column I've written is called The Perfect Draft. I've got guys I want to take each round early, late in those rounds. That I read that last year. That actually killed. Uh, so That's if you fun. Followed, yeah. yeah, so if you followed that, uh, you probably did pretty well. Um, and yeah, just all sorts of stuff, whatever. I'll just kind of riff on stuff, just whatever comes to my mind, just put it up on the guide. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. So if you listen to the pods, we've kind of gone super deep dive. Like we're talking like shot at the room differentials, pre-break, post-break, uh, shot location or shot block location, like just sort of crazy stats. We're going to go on the other end. We're going to kind of fly through. So it's going to be a lot of takes, a lot of just like quick takeaways from what you want to think about for your draft. Um, so let's just start with the news and notes, and then we'll talk about guys that have all opportunity. Just quickly, before, uh, I'll get to that when we get there. Let's talk news and notes first. Um, so John Isaac is now up again. He's up to 240. He looked huge. He was at 234 just about a month ago. And he's just, he's huge, dude, uh, in a good way. He just looks so ripped. He was I was really impressed by how quick he was at that weight. And, man, like, I want to draft him real bad, even more than last year. I do, too. And I think... You know, as we've said every year for the past two summers, we've been really high on Jonathan Isaac. Hasn't quite clicked because of health. My only issue with the weight is that he's had ankle injuries. So you start adding 30 pounds or whatever it is now to, to uh, you know, if he was at 209 last season, he's at 240 now. It's a lot of extra stress on, on a guy's lower body. So I'm hoping that it was a holistic approach to the summer and that he, he didn't just bulk up, but he, you know, worked on mobility and and stretching and so forth but if you can put aside the injuries i think the upside is fantastic he could be a steal and a half block and a half three and a half like a one five one five one five kind of guy and that's amazing for fantasy yeah and then also more talk of aaron gordon playing the post you remember last year there was kind of a somewhat talked about with gordon playing more four isaac playing more three on offense and then reverse that on defense Honestly, I think with as big as Isaac is, he may play a little bit of five. Uh, I mean, they may try to stagger him away uh, from Vooch. He's big enough. Maybe just something to try. Um, also, side note, um, Bamba is yeah. still ahead of Ken Birch. Uh, in the I was just about charts. to say, would, yep. if, if, they're, if they're staggering and putting Isaac at some center, would that mean they're basically giving up on Mo Bamba? Well, it wouldn't be, I'm just saying like three, four minutes here and there, you know? Yeah. I Nothing gotcha. crazy. Because they, yeah, they do have a menu now. So. It, it adds up. Yeah, like I mean, if they want to utilize Aminu, who's a great defender, and they want to go front line of Isaac, who can guard fives, Gordon and Aminu both can guard threes and fours. I feel like that's probably something. I get it's not something I'm like shifting value on, you know. It's just something maybe like sure. added bonus. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, everything's coming up roses. Glowing reviews from Clifford on two different interviews he had. He had one with the at the Athletic, another with the team. 
Um, so yeah, short long story short, we really like him. Uh, shifting gears to the Pistons, um, Dwayne Casey had a big interview with the Pistons staff writer Keith Langlois, who's terrific. One of the probably my top ten beat writers to read. Um, very ominous. Uh, they want not only to cut down his minutes, cut down his games. They want to cut down his usage rate. Um, they mm. talked about using other guys to get take the ball away from him and just ease back. Obviously, Griffin's going to be pretty highly used anyways, but it's just basically shouting to us that we are concerned about Blake's health. And this, for a guy, as long as I have him signed, I have complete fade on. Um, I think my hot take a couple months ago was like, I'll take Zach Collins over Blake. And, like, Blake isn't even that great 9K anyways because he's lacking defense. He's not that great from the field anymore because it's threes. So, uh, just long story short, I'm just fading the heck out of Blake. And we'll probably be talking some Christian Wood, um, maybe some Marquise Morris, but hopefully more Christian Wood for how good he is per minute, especially the last eight games or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm not yeah. drafting Blake. No, I'm completely with you. Because even at his best, Blake isn't a fantastic fantasy player, right? He doesn't get many defensive stats at all. Um percentages are okay sometimes it'll hurt you at the line i mean just not a guy i target now you're talking about injuries on top of injuries you're talking about his coach literally using the word we're going to be more judicious with his usage rate <laughs> so yeah, yeah and I, you know as i've pointed out in, in articles before usage rate tracks it correlates to fantasy value so when your coach says that he's saying you might as well say more judicious with his fantasy value yep. it's going down yes. uh then you've got one little wrinkle here is he talked about how you know Blake Griffin was the alpha and omega of the offense, and he he mentioned Andre Drummond as a guy who could who is very capable bringing it down, busting out on the rebound, and initiating the break like kind of kind of wild. He seems very uh, coach Dwayne Casey that is seems very high on Andre Drummond. He said uh, Langua asked him about. Andre Drummond and how he thinks he's improved and he said his overall conditioning he's in the best shape I've been around him so I'm pretty runs like a deer I think was another thing he said in there too oh I don't (laughs) don't remember that but oh yeah he's running like a deer his his decision making the three-point experiment we put that on hold but he can still do it like he's throwing everything at you (laughs) so I, I like it I mean Drummond's a guy who does not miss games if you get Giannis in the first round and you want to build a punt free throw team, Drummond is your guy. So, um, yeah, that's another takeaway for me. With Blake seemingly going to take a step back, I think Drummond takes a half step forward. Yeah, I mean, you could make a case for him fifth or sixth in points leagues. Um, he is going to have, I think, multiple 70-point DFS days uh, against you know weaker interior defenses, um, You know, especially Eastern Conference. Um, I, yeah. I love Drummond, um, and if, if we could somehow magically make him a good free throw shooter, like he would be probably a top two or three pick. Um, for sure. Yeah, and like, even last year, he was number two post-break for total value, did have a couple games edge for straight nine-cat. If you were punting, he was obviously number one. Harden was one overall. So, yeah, he's just a monster. Uh, moving forward, just quickly on Victor Oladipo, a lot of videos up, still no contact, not ready to do live work yet. Um, McMillan said he's probably not going to play. Overall, I kind of get a sense it's kind of is where, like December first, I feels feel like is an optimistic target. Then factor in, you know, easing him up from what's a really bad knee injury from you know twenty minutes to twenty four, twenty six, thirty. It'll probably take another right. good month, and then obviously he'll be load managed for probably close to the All Star break. I would think on back to backs. So it's really tough to invest highly in him. Um, just quickly, uh, I I'm. 
getting a little bit more trust in Lamb. Uh, I'm still off Brogdon from where he goes. Uh, and like I said, TJ Warren, if we're okay, and he says he's healthy too, which is another note from the week. Um, I like Warren. I, I think I like Warren probably more than I anticipated coming into drafts, and really same with Lamb. Uh, and again, too, they have really a great playoff schedule. So, uh, yeah. And I love Miles Turner. Miles Turner was terrific without Old Depot, uh, even played well with, offensively with Sabonis next to him. So, yeah, um, yeah really besides Sabonis, I'm after, and I guess Brogdon, uh, I'm, I, like the, I like Pacers. It's interesting. I'm with, and I know Jonas is into Malcolm Brogdon. I'm, I think he's going to be great this year. Um, yeah. I just think career best role. He's never played 30 minutes or average rather 30 minutes in a season in his career. He's going to soar past that this year. Um, I think just more playmaking duties. He's he's a guy I'm going after. Jeremy Lamb, I'm also into. Completely off Oladipo for the reasons you just said. We don't know when he's going to return. He's going to be on a minute limit. He's going to be you know load managed. He's coming off a major injury. The Pacers have no reason to rush him. That's why they brought in Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb. Gives them playmakers, guys who can create their own shots so they can afford to take it easy with Oladipo. So not into that. TJ Warren, I... I get it. Like, I'm super into him on a per-game basis. But this is a guy who's never played more than 66 games in five NBA seasons. Yes, you know, as we've talked about before, maybe just the Suns' wackiness has something to do with that. But that total speaks for itself. He's never missed fewer than 16 games in five NBA seasons. So I I can't do it. Yeah. Like, after seventh, if if his eighth, ninth round... I don't really care too much about your in- early round. I care a lot. Like I so, you'd say. rather have Warren than Gallo, say? Uh, yeah. I mean, Gallo's going <laughs> to go like two rounds. Another comparable but, injury guy. Out there. Basically, like if you ask me, would I rather have Gallo in round five or TJ in round eight? I would take TJ in round eight. You know? Yeah, I, I would too. But, yeah, and yeah. it's not even close either. Like okay. again, I read my first six rounds are really guys I want to key in on um, that I could trust. Um, but yeah, so. Um, definitely down. Yep. Also, Miles Turner too. Um, I feel like he's low. Uh, I was texting with Tommy Beer, and like he fell to like late third. Oh, and I was like, what? I, well, I don't get it, man. I don't get. What's I the, hope I, that keeps happening. Yeah, I have him in the mid teens uh, for nine cat. And I think I have him like twenty two in an eight cat. Like, I don't get it. I don't know why people aren't more into Miles Turner. Yeah, I don't know why Rudy Gobert would go fifteen picks before Miles Turner. <laughs> yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, moving on. So this is going to be kind of in the weeds here, uh, and I'm going to kind of go off a tangent. So James Jones did an interview with a pod called The Outlets, basically the team-sponsored podcast with one of their sideline reporters, Lindsey Smith. And he briefly said that they were going to consider playing eight and at the four if they need to, and it kind of caught a lot of steam on Twitter too. That's not really the story to me, uh, and I couldn't really blurb it because it was kind of weird. But So if you just listen to him, one thing that kind of came away when he's talking about power forward was how much he liked Frank Kaminsky, uh, which struck me. Uh, more He talked about him probably more than he talked about Dario, and like he sounds like he believes in him more than... Again, it, that was like my big takeaway from the whole thing. So I listened to that, and I, I came into it thinking, like, okay, you know, Dario starts, he'll eventually lose steam, and then it'll be Ubre Bridges at 3-4. Um, they may use that in some matchups. So now I'm actually bumped Ubre down. Like I've been Mr. Ubre pretty mm. much all summer. But just the fact that if they're gonna give Kaminsky a shot at you know 15, 20 minutes, that's gonna take away from the Ubre Bridges combo. Um, I also have knocked down Bridges because of this, probably more so than anybody else. I just what? again yeah. we're kind of at the behest, if you will, of the coaching staffs. So like whatever they say, we, we have to basically adjust to it because they, at the end of the day, make the great decision, the important decisions. So. 
again, we've said first the early in the summer we we're like, up oh, Suns, man, they're gonna be Sunsy, and they're gonna be Sunsy. It sounds like with just playing guys uh, as, as much as they can, possibly a deep rotation situation yeah. rotation. Um, we'll see what Monty Williams says. Obviously, he has the the top thing to say, but James Jones in his ear is gonna say some stuff too. So I feel slightly validated, Mike. <laughs> I was I was lower on Ubre than than you throughout the summer, and I it's because of exactly what's unfolding. Yeah. There's too much uncertainty with Phoenix, man. They just don't know seem to know what they're doing, and you know where's Macal Bridges getting minutes? Why did they give up so much to get Saric? And how where's he going to get his minutes? Uh, is Devin Booker going to play some point guard, or is he? you know, locked into shooting guard now. And then they, they brought in Cameron Johnson. We don't even know where he's going to fit in, but they burned a high draft pick on him. So you got to think he gets minutes, right? He's not going to spend the whole year in the G league. So, um, yeah, there's just too much uncertainty. And then at center, you got Deandre Ayton, Aaron Baines is hurt. He got, he strained his groin during the FIBA world cup. We don't know if he's going to be ready for opening night. So maybe did he explicitly say Kaminsky will play power forward? Because maybe he's talking. It's Kaminsky not, I never heard him mention anything center. about. I never heard him say anything about playing the five. Okay. So I mean, maybe Someone's he. Got to, though. Yeah. So it's either Saric or Kaminsky, I guess. But yeah, I'm I, the Suns. Ugh. <laughs> I just unless someone falls to you as a clear value, you know, maybe Macal Bridges as a steal specialist at worst in the late rounds. I don't. I'm staying away from this. Yeah. I'm again. So, so one thing you mentioned is like, why did they trade for Dario? Why did they unload TJ Warren? Why did they do that? It's because yeah, they wanted yeah. to sign Ubre. So like again, I think he's one guy who I feel somewhat comfortable with. But now I'm not going to be like like I've been saying. I'm like I'll take him round five. Now I probably want to wait till round six, round seven. You're not. Yeah, you're not actively. Yeah, I'm a re- little re- again. A little bit. And and if you think about it, when far as like you know PR kind of an angle, like they signed Frank Kaminsky. They're supposed to talk him up, like. It's kind of yeah, what it yeah. is, you know. They didn't really trade for the homie Dario. They basically, you know, they, that was if, kind of the way the package worked out. If you need to lift your spirits, Ubre was just look again at his post break numbers yeah, exactly. last year because he was fantastic. So it's yeah. not a, it's not unreasonable to think yeah. he'd be top top forty, really. Yeah. Again, the bigger takeaway is Bridges for me, who I was gr- I was starting to lean on um, big minutes late. Obviously, it was the situation, but. Um, yeah, and I do. I you actually you have Aiton pretty high too. I like. I'm kind of growing on Aiton. Uh, I was reading oh, Matt, I love him. Matt Peterson used to cover the Suns. He had a big Twitter thread about how Rubio could really unlock Aiton as a pick and roll guy. Yep. Um, so yeah, I I I'm kind of growing on him. You know, big body, durable dude. Um, you know, he maybe yeah. After I probably him and Bam are like both guys I'd love to come away with if I can get. Um, obviously, Cat and then. Yeah, you know, whatever works. It's it shocks me the lack of hype around DeAndre Ayton. I, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't he hadn't missed games so far. He's healthy. He's still so young. We don't know what he can do. And there was an interesting article early in the summer about uh, all the different players who have averaged career high numbers alongside Rubio, because that's his mo. He's just an unselfish guy who's going to put you in the best position to score. So yeah, no, I I like it. And then sticking with another thing that you and I have been uh, carrying the banner for is Cat at number one. That uh, banner got a little bit bigger with a (laughs) terrific uh, article on The Athletic. And, man, I mean, they are really trying to give him ball screens. They want him to bring the ball up. Uh, They want him to be a quote-unquote like Jokic-like player in the post. Um, Like we said, I've been saying all summer that four dimes per game is more than doable. Five and a half, dude. Like, I think he could do it. I think he, I, I seriously have said that, like, 30, 15, and five could happen. And 
if you if you get, I'd bet that's probably what if Vegas would do that hypothetically at what like plus a thousand like that's a bet I'd take all day. I, I think he has a again. You just just take him number one. Just don't even think back. Even I, even in eight cat now, I just take him number one. Yeah. All right. Listen, <laughs> you're yeah, preaching to the choir here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I no, guess I, I say on Twitter all the time, like I don't know how you don't have cat number one. I just I can't I can't get past it. Yeah, like I hey I get that per game AD is probably going to be number one per game, but why pass up a guy who does not miss games? Who's still he's going to be twenty four this season. Gets better every year. You mentioned the assists going up last year, career high three point four. His steals were up to point nine last year. That's a nice bump. Blocks went up to 1.6. Killer in percentages. I mean, it's the total package. I just love it. Yeah. Playing close to the basket on defense as well, so that should possibly help his box and boards. Let's just box like, go up. Yeah. We don't even need to talk about it. Like no, you and I will I will not you and I will not move off this stance. Like you could tell me, like, oh, Anthony Davis is gonna play forty minutes a game. Like, first, I don't believe you. <laughs> and secondly, yeah, no, yeah. I'm still taking cat. I mean, just yeah, mean to thir- thirty three minutes a game last year. That can come up. I mean, yeah. everything is is trending up for this yeah, guy. Yeah. Worry about guards later. Just take them. Um, yep. Uh, then the really the big news of the week. Poor Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he's out six to eight weeks, so he's gonna miss the start of the year. Uh, I was bumping him up, man. Uh, I was kind of buying what they were putting down. Uh, I never really thought Ish was a big minute guy, but apparently he has to be now. Uh, so, uh, how high would you take Ish Smith? Would you even take a late round flyer? Say you have an IR spot for Isaiah, uh, assuming you don't draft somebody else. Um, and just quick aside, um, hashtag team preseason, we're going to want to play Justin Robinson. They're going to play this guy a ton. Uh, yeah. So if, you're, if you want one takeaway for preseason DFS, like that's my takeaway. is like play Justin Robinson. He's going to get massive minutes. like it. Uh, as far as Ish Smith, I have sub-zero interest in him. I'm, <laughs> Mortal I'm Kombat. serious. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. Uh He's never in his career on a per 36-minute basis been inside the top 175 for 9-cat. He's never finished on a cumulative basis inside the top 120. I could go on, but what's the point? He's going to hurt your percentages. He's a terrible free-throw shooter for a point guard. Bad from the field. No steals from the point guard spot. So what are you getting? Uh, Maybe a three a game and... A bunch of times. I don't like it. Um, Isaiah Thomas, no, I'm not going to draft him either. He's already injury prone. A guy who I've said before, after the hip injury, his whole game was predicated on his quickness, right? His his quick twitch reactions and ability to dart into the lane and find players, get little sneaky layups. Once you're that age and you have a major hip injury and miss you know, the better part of two seasons, I don't see a comeback in your future. So, no, I'm off both these guys. Makes me like Bradley Beal even more. For sure. I think it's another takeaway, too, is Beal is going to just crush on the ball. Um, and I should I add... I love Bradley Beal. If I get him at 10 or or anywhere beyond that, I am thrilled. Yeah. If Justin Robinson... And honestly, I think Justin Robinson could fit. Um, he was, you know, kind of on Bali, but he shot 42% from three last year at Virginia Tech. Um, so he could maybe, you know... It'll be able to be running the offense. If he could hit threes and defend, that's probably the hardest part. Like, we know Ish has been kind of a second unit, kind of a sparky kind of a guy. So, like, what if, what if Justin Robinson balls in the preseason and he starts, man? Like, oh, I don't know, kind of like super deep. Don't you dare snipe me in 30, man, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, like, I'm definitely in on him. I want to see what he can do. I'm like, note to self. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, that's really a big thing I'm going to watch for the preseason, which 
I guess that's an opportunity, you would say. Um, that leads us to kind of a thing we made up, kind of an all-opportunity team. Uh, so kind of a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward and center. And second team, kind of, um, we're kind of going off guys who haven't really shown us what they can do. So we're excluding Bam, we're excluding Pascal Siakam, guys that we've seen go on runs where they're like top 25, top 30, top 40 kind of a guy. Um, with some, with one exception, uh, one guy's kind of got hot before. Uh, so point guard, Rosie, we had to put Rosier number one uh, for point guard, just because, like he has, he has to dominate the ball. He's gonna have to do it. Um, we've talked yeah. about him a ton, so I don't really want to say anything else unless you want to. His just opportunities is huge. No, opportunity wise, you, you can't fault it. Although the more I dig into his efficiency problems and so forth, I'm I'm getting a little more scared off. I was kind of gung ho just based on the opportunity earlier, but now I'm like, man, this guy could really tank you. He was twenty six point one percent on two point shots outside the paint, has no mid range game. Not a very, you know, particularly strong three-point shooter. And at the rim, he was on the low end of the of efficiency, 50.3% within eight feet, uh, only 56% in the restricted area, while the league average was 63-plus. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little scared off. But sure, minutes-wise, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any threat to his minutes from Devontae Graham, etc. I think there could be, though. Like, I think Yeah, if even if... after what they paid Rogier, I don't know. So, part of me thinks that they signed... And Mitch, I'll add, Mitch Kupchak basically said we're setting out the free agency market for the next two years, which, I mean, that's because I think they seriously forced their hand to put Rozier in those in those slots for the three years, and then, then they'll go after guys. Like, that's when everything's cleared out. So, like, oh, how can we use our money to help fill minutes on this team? Like, oh, let's overpay for a point guard. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of their diabolical plan. Um, and, hey, Rozier is as bad as he can be. He's kind of exciting, uh, and he's got super cool. Scary Terry shirts and stuff. But, um, <laughs> Does have that. But yeah, I just think it was kind of by design to kind of cap themselves out because they know they're going to be bad. So just like be bad, you know, kind of, it's like almost like, and I mean, maybe it is like a super next level tank. Like, oh, Rosie yeah. is terrible. If, We're going to be last now. Hooray. Oh, that would be, that's, I like that. <laughs> yeah, Galaxy But if I'm tank. a Hornets fan, I'm happy because they've been notoriously that team that is what, like, their ceiling is the seventh seed. Yeah. So they're never getting good draft pick. You know, just stuck in this malaise. So yeah. I'm, I'd almost be happy if I was a Hornets fan to see them finally just just pull the plug. Eighth seed purgatory. Like, no no fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at least they have a plan, you know? Like we said, we want teams to kind of have a plan. Um, uh, for shooting guard, I put Dwayne Bacon for pretty much the same reasons we said. Uh, and I've said probably a hundred times. Like, if he could somehow steal, like, I'd probably take him like 75. But um, this guy can score. Yeah. 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 I think he can, can score, score efficiently. But... And it's just he's kind of empty. But just the yeah. pure mystery box factor on a team that has no talent around him. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't think Rozier is going to be like a third usage rate guy. So Bacon looking at, and we've already seen Borrego say they're going to basically go young. So I think he's got a shot at 30 minutes. Um, you know, if you're on a bad team with 30 minutes, I will spend a top 120, or, you know, top between 110 and 130, 140, I will gladly yeah. spend a pick on you there. I would need to see, in order to even draft him, like as a flyer, I'm going to need to see something in training camp in the preseason. Because this is a guy, he averaged 28 minutes after the break last year, so not a small sample necessarily. But per 36, he was decent for points, hits a bunch of threes. But per 36 minutes after the break, in a pretty big role, he had under four rebounds, two assists, 0.6 steals, 0.3 blocks, 
like decent field goal percentage, but nothing that's going to move the needle and terrible free throws, 67%. So that's what six categories I just mentioned where, where he was very much below average, even on a per 36 minute basis. So yeah, you can draft him. I'll, I'll go elsewhere. Yeah. It's just, I just, it's all opportunity, you know, I got you. Yeah. We kind of gave the same, the same about Pascal. Like he's like, Oh, he wasn't very good opportunity and he yeah just i missed the jackpot. that i didn't see him doing that yeah, yeah. we talked about so him that, a lot. That, that's a good comparison and a point that you can't necessarily judge a guy based on a small sample you know when he first was given a, a role and so hey if he breaks out refer back to this podcast and call me a fool yeah nice. <laughs> well no you're right i mean he has been terrible you know it kind of is what it is uh and he actually was uh much better uh with kemba on the floor so that's another kind of a ah, after the break too. Yeah, yeah he I shot the ball considerably better. Um, yeah, he shot twelve percent better from the field wow. <laughs> with Kemba on oh, the floor um, because he was uh, he actually didn't really miss threes. Um, so yeah, um, you know, lack of steals. It's just pure opportunity. It, it's I don't think Bacon's a good player, but all, everything coming off the team says they're going to play him a lot. So yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's that's what we we got to figure out the opportunities for fantasy. Um, you mentioned Pascal, so another guy who I I feel like I may not have talked about him enough is OG Ananobi. Like they really want to get him going. There was a big uh, Nick Nurse kind of a talk that was on the interwebs um, talking about how they want to get OG in kind of a primary role. Um, talk about handling the ball more. Um, they're obviously going to make him a primary defender more. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, again, basically the same thing. Uh, he was a talented dude, and he could defend, too. So they're going to put him on the floor. Um, we obviously know that the front office likes him a lot. They kind of almost, you would say, reached when he went off the board in the draft with the ACL tear from Indiana. So, again, it's just sheer opportunity. Just leave, They didn't get really anybody. No, I mean, Stanley Johnson and Ronda Hollis Jefferson are going to be his competition for minutes. Yeah. Maybe Norman Powell. Like He could pull those guys out of the water. He's obviously a way better defender. He could shoot the three a little bit. Um, again, they're working on the ball handling too. It's just, it's just clear path for him to go in there and get, you know, 30 minutes and he defends well too, um, with the steals actually. He had 1.6 steals per 36 with Pascal next to him, but without Kawhi. Um, that's a little bit of an uptick. I think it was 1.2 overall per 36. So you're talking about a guy who could get, I think 1.5 steals is not out of the question. I think the blocks may be like 0.8-ish. You know, if he hits 1.33s and scores 12, 13 points, you got a guy that's top 100 right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm into it. My my only concern is the free throw shooting, 62.9 as a rookie, 58% last year. So that's something to consider. But if you are doing a, a pump build, you know, I mentioned earlier Giannis Drummond at the top. This would be a great guy to add as a, as a late round, high upside, you know, as, as you like to say, mystery box kind of guy. Uh, and the, the opportunity is there. So... He's a, a perfect addition for our all-opportunity team. Yep. Uh, and power forward, there's two guys, uh, but one is, like we've said all along, is Zach Collins. Um, I don't even need to say anything. We've spent so much time talking about him on the podcast that um, just take him pretty much around 100. You could probably get him in, in your leagues. Yeah, can I pivot from Zach Collins, as you said? We, we've discussed him a lot. He's The, the, the hype's already moving. Yeah. I don't want to miss out on... A, a guy who I think has a big opportunity, Troy Brown Jr. Is that is that anyone you're kind of looking at? I mean, I, I think there's no, no competition. C.J. Miles is hurt, and who knows where he's going to fit into the rotation on a team that like doesn't really have incentive to play him. They're clearly building for youth. 
do you have any interest in Troy Brown Jr.? I think I almost, again, I and, had, and I'll, I'll throw back at you. Don't snipe me in thirty deep. Yeah. I, well, no, I had him. I had him. Literally had him in the second team small forward spot. And I oh, okay. Yeah, and so I couldn't really figure out. What, I, I I switched him out for a guy. We'll talk about in a second. But okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, he has to be really good. Apparently, there's a lot of talk. Uh, even if when Miles comes back, he's going to start. But then, if not, they're still going to start Bertans possibly at three. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of a downer. Um, he let me down hardcore down the stretch last year. I, I had really high hopes on him. I wrote a big, like, 1,500-word deep dive on him, and yeah. <laughs> he killed me. But, uh, yeah, I'm, he looked okay over the summer. Uh, again, we always see the second-year leaves, but, yeah, for sure. Uh, he's definitely number, again, you could even put him in for second team. I don't think his opportunity is as good as OG's. But, um, yeah, I, I, he has a, just a massive chance to, to do stuff. Okay. Nice. You're on, you're on him a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Again, just opportunities for sure there. Um, they're going to yeah. be bad. They're going to play him. Um, you know, they didn't really invest much draft capital um, besides Emerald Schofield behind him. Uh, Hachimura, despite the quote-unquote Kawhi comparisons, I think they're going to play him as a straight four. Um, so, yeah, he, he should have. Uh, if Miles can't get going, um, then, yeah, I could see him doing some damage. Anything you yeah. want to add on Zach Collins? Like. No, I mean, yeah, everyone's everyone's on him. I guess my only fear here is that the opportunity is so glaring. You know, he's going to start a power forward, et cetera, had a sort of coming out party in the playoffs that his draft stock's going to get too high. And instead of being, uh, you know, a very intriguing all-opportunity flyer, he's going to be a popular guy around 90 to 100, in which case uh, sort of takes the sheen off him for me. Yep. Uh, so moving on to center again, another guy who I talked about a lot. Who I think uh, I was listening to Steve and Strope the other day. They were kind of like taking shots at me for being so high on Looney, and I, I based on where we have him for the uh, the um, outliers ranks, I'm not that far ahead of you guys on him. Like again, just pure opportunity. Willie Collie Stein's not yeah. a 30 minute guy. Um, we've seen Looney play some four. I don't think that'll happen. Um, and even you could throw uh, Eric Pascal as an honorable mention in this list too, because um, you know Draymond being older and possibly getting load managed and stuff, and they're liking him too. Um, there's some talk of him possibly getting minutes out of the gate too, which is kind of a surprise. But yeah, I just think Looney's gonna just be real solid. Obviously, we know about the free throw not being great, but um, you know just vacating all that space, losing Clay, losing KD, losing Boogie Cousins. There's just someone has to do stuff. Uh, on this team besides yeah. Stefan D'Angelo offensively. So, um, yeah, um, we've seen Kerr say he wants to play him 30 minutes. Again, he has the asthma thing, so that's, I highly doubt that happens. But either way, I, I just like where Looney's at. Um, yeah, that's it. I guess, yeah, so I had said a couple months ago that I, w- I got a little bit down on Looney when they brought in Willie Cauley-Stein because I thought for sure that any chance of him playing 30 minutes went out the window. And you didn't seem too scared off by by Cauley Stein. Does that give you pause now? Because I lo- I'm looking at his at Looney's stats, and you know he's fine. He's going to help your field goal percentage, hurt your free throw percentage. Doesn't block a lot of shots for a big. Isn't a fantastic permanent rebounder. Like I'll I'll need to see growth. And he's still only you know, 22 years old, 23 years old. So of course he can take a next step. Um, but does is the Willie Cauley Stein factor scaring you off, or is it, no. Or, no, not at all. I'm not okay. worried about Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, I just yeah. think that he's a better fit. We know uh, we've fallen for the Jordan Bell thing multiple times, but he, oh, Steve yeah. Kerr, 
Steve Kerr likes Looney, and there's a lot to like, man. I mean, he's played really well in spots. He's had some really good stretches in the playoffs last year. Um, sure. He's going to close games. Um, Kerr, yeah. Kerr really hyped him up. He said he was one of the most talented players on the roster now. I mean, yeah, so he's he's super high on him. I guess it's unclear who's going to start Looney or Cauley Stein, so that's a training camp battle to watch, too. I think it's going to be Cauley Stein. It makes a lot of sense. But, again, Looney's going to close. And that's fine. You know, let him close. Sec- let him close yeah. second half. Let him close yeah. first half, and he'll I find guess a path in, to twenty five yeah. minutes. You know, in summary, with a you know, as you said, twenty five to twenty eight minute roll, I- I'm okay with Looney, but I'm not like eager to get him on my team. Yeah, like I said, I have him like just a sh- uh, tick off a hundred or so. I'd so, rather have Jakob Pertl, for instance, which okay. is a, 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 a maybe a hot take. I don't know, but I I'm still on board <laughs> with yeah. uh, with Pertl. I. I I think he really got better late in the season last year. It takes guys a while to get into Pop's good graces. And he was good in the playoffs. His minutes finally went up. Minutes were the real issue. So if you just need blocks, boards, field goal percentage, I think Pirtle's a good late late target. Yep, and he saw big minutes in the, in the Denver series as well, whether that was possibly a matchup thing right. with a lot of Millsap and stuff like that. But we saw his minutes increase late. So, yeah, um, they're almost, like, identical. Pirtle has the better blocking upside for sure. Uh, I just think that there's a little more untapped potential um so you're you're loony over purtle yes okay just because you know me i I like disagreeing with you sometimes yeah i like definitely (laughs) i i just like unknowns man yeah i got just where i'm at but um yeah uh purtle's my known unknown (laughs) to to, to quote donald rumsfeld yes uh so we have uh ish smith we just talked about him uh again this huge opportunity uh and then robinson also tied into that uh for shooting guard a uh, guy who I still like, we'd like to see more defensive stats, is Landry Shamit. Um, we know Paul George is a little dinged up. Uh, possible talk of Landry starting uh, over Pat Beverly. Uh, again, yeah. uh, if we're so low on Kawhi's load management and all these things with Paul George and Pat Bev being hurt a lot, like that by default, you should like Shamit a lot. Uh, I'll let you go first before I hopefully agree with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shamit... I'll say worst case scenario for him is he's a three-point specialist who gives you pretty good points, isn't going to hurt you necessarily, just won't contribute rebounds and may not get enough steals to satisfy you from a guard position. But I think you're correct. The path to minutes is right there. Patrick Beverly was healthy last year for the most part, but he's not known to be the most durable guy. They do need guys to spread the court, and Shaman's a great three-point shooter high volume and the Clippers have talked him up so there's a lot to like there yep um again just overall um can do a little bit of everything we know the um, and maybe he takes more chances next to Kawhi for steals and stuff like that uh again still young could improve um you know obviously though when he got traded a lot of people were kind of surprised how much they gave up on Tobias because he looked great and he did not disappoint in his new team um this team is not very deep uh, they're going to need guys to to play a lot of minutes. So, yeah, and I mentioned before, the Clippers have a lot of back-to-backs against bad teams late in the year. So you're looking at multiple big spots where we're going to be like, oh, yeah, play Shaman and DFS and mm. so on. So, yeah, um, definitely a guy who's going to probably slide. I, I hope we don't bump up his ADP too much, but a guy that is kind of an afterthought in this whole big Clippers offseason. Uh, I put Alec Burks in here. Um, just for pretty much the same reasons why for Looney, this team just has no depth uh, behind Stephen Curry, D'Angelo, and I could see him really dominating the second unit. 
Um, possibly closing. We know Alfonso McKinney's not exactly a um, a must-play guy for Kerr. Um, you know, pretty much was handed around the league before he landed in Golden State with Toronto and such. But um, yeah, uh, I've always been an Alec Burks guy. You know, downhill, Dwayne Wade light. He's added a three-point shot a little bit lately in his years. Um, I think his defensive stats could be a little bit better in Golden State. So yeah, again, just pure flyer, l- super late. We're probably talking like fourteen teamers. I'm well off, Alec. <laughs> I figured you would be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I mean, you look durability. He's played more than sixty-four games once in his career. He's for the past five years, he hasn't shot better than forty-one percent from the field. Uh, hasn't averaged more than .8 steals in his career, and that was in twenty thirteen with Utah. Yeah, I, I mean, he's added a three-point shot, but shot better than thirty-eight percent once in his career. Going on down the line, not a lot yeah. of rebounds, not a lot of assists. I agree that he'll probably get minutes because Golden State just desperately needs a ball handler and a guy who can take some pressure off Steph and D'Angelo Russell. But nothing about Alec Burke's fantasy game gets me excited. Yeah, I mean, this situation, Golden State can turn some guys super efficient. You know, even KD, he turned his This would be Steve Kerr's greatest achievement. <laughs> nice. Forget the championships. Forget, <laughs> forget everything else. If he makes yeah. Alec Burks a top 100 fantasy player, I will bow down. Nice. Steve Kerr hanging the banner. Championship, championship. <laughs> made yeah, Alec, yeah. Alec Burks fantasy relevant. Just raise Burks' jersey into the Raptors <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Again, just pure opportunity. <laughs> this is probably like 16 teamers. But a guy I'm watching in camp, you know. Um, and I'll add, to the Bruce Brown thing. Uh, if you want to play him at small forward, I would have bumped him there. But I think he's going to start at shooting guard. Um, gotcha. Another guy who we talked about a bunch is Miles Bridges. Uh, I don't even need to say I'm just so aggressive on him. Like, honestly, I may take him over Uber at this point. Probably not, but I'm, I'm so high on Bridges. Really? I didn't realize you were going that far. Not that this... far. Again, I'm just saying it's kind yeah. of... It's in the, I, I couldn't make a case for it, is all I'm saying. I gotcha. And in the videos we just shot for, for Road World, we were talking about breakout players and potential sleepers and miles bridges came up repeatedly <laughs> he's uh and that this kind of makes my point that similar to zach collins it's one of these guys who i'm afraid that they're going to get so hyped that there's no no value anymore you know what i mean if, if he's going at number 50 or 60 even i don't see a huge upside there in the draft 60 would be fine but you know what i mean like it, it kills the value if he was a legit sleeper you could get at 80 90 that's perfect, but I'm afraid he's going to get hyped to death. Yep, he is. Um, yeah. It's par- <laughs> partially because of me, but again, they he's on like every single ad they have for their team. Like He's going to get massive minutes. I think and I mentioned. love his upside. I'm, I'm on board. I just, yeah. yeah he's going to, I think we said the minutes pod that he's dark horse for 35 minutes, which I don't even think is even a dark horse anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, the youth movement and everything, they don't yep. really have yeah, a lot of talent around him. P.J. Yep. Washington can't really stay on the floor as far as we know yet. Um, again, that's probably another sneaky opportunity thing there, too. So, um, yeah. Um, again, we talked about him a whole bunch. Just listen to the pods on, like, 2X if you want to fly through him. Um, we probably sound pretty hilarious on 2X. <laughs> yeah, but, go uh, chipmunk mode. And yeah. <laughs> fly through. Al- Alvin Gentry and the chipmunks. Uh, okay, so uh, I put Alex Len for my center. Uh, I'm not drafting Len, but he has a big spot in front of him here. Um, you know, we saw him hit threes late in the year. Uh, he was one of the best three. I think he was the best three point percentage guy post break or something. Um, but I do like Bruno Fernando a lot. Uh, big, big body guy fits what they want to do. So when Alex Len gets hurt, we are going to be running to the waiver wire to add Bruno Fernando in twelve team leagues. 
Yeah, I'm sort of against my better instincts into Alex Len. <laughs> I mean, for late for late round value, yeah. he'll be fine. Going to hurt your free throw percentage, but I think the opportunities there, he's been a bit more durable. You know, he was a huge injury concern earlier in his career. I think he's gotten a little bit better. And yeah, Fernando is an impressive guy, but I don't know how many minutes he's going to get out of the gates. And Len doesn't need to play 28 minutes, you know what I mean? If he gets 24, 26, that's perfect. So yeah, if you need some points, he can hit threes. I mean, after the break, to your point, he, he had 1.9 triples per game, and his efficiency was crazy. I don't. Did you say he was the most efficient shooter on the Hawks? I think he Hawks had the highest three-point percent. It's something like that. Yeah, was, it was in a very – I remember that as well. It was very impressive. He could block some shots, going to help your field goal percentage. So, yeah, if you need a, a late center and he's out there, I'm, I'm for it. Yep. Uh, any other kind of noteworthy guys that you're looking at? No, uh, I think I think Thomas Bryant. I'm I'm huge on. I'm gonna yeah. keep hyping this guy to death, and I don't know if he counts as as you know a guy who hasn't been hyped into the yeah, middle rounds I already. Yeah, I him off for that reason. Yeah, but I, I he's for sure on my all opportunity team. Yeah, uh, I think Thomas said Aransky is a guy. He was kind of um, you know somewhat already broke out. I kind of ruled him out, but I think Chris Dunn's a goner and. Uh, NBC, uh, NBC Chicago, uh, they were saying that uh, Kobe White might not even play to start the year. Um, so, yeah. So a, a guy who I was kind of down on, but I just because I, I hate the Bulls, but I've really kind of come around on Sadoransky now. Yeah, Chicago fans, don't send Mike hate mail. He hates them for <laughs> fantasy purposes. Yeah. Let's, let's be clear. Uh, the issue with Sadoransky for me is that I'm afraid right at the end of the year, is when they're going to unleash Kobe White. Mm. So you you could be in your fantasy playoffs and suddenly Sadoransky goes from being a, a top 80 guy to borderline useless. That's, you know, maybe I'm, I'm overblowing that angle. But. Yeah, I think you are a little bit just because you're spending probably 100th pick on him. And if you're going to draft a guy with 100th pick and he gets yeah, you where fair. you need to go, you yeah, can that's right. not then, feel too bad about it. Yeah. But if it's like your top 40, 45 pick, then that's a horse of a different color. Yeah. Or a bull of a different color. Um. Yeah. Any other? Do, do you do you like uh, Kuratsen at all for Brooklyn? I don't even know how to pronounce his Kuritz? name, frankly. No, I do not. Uh, he's also in some legal trouble. I actually kind of am intrigued by Torin Prince. Torin Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he could really fit what they want to do in space yeah. and floor and kind of switch. My point is, there's yeah, there's got to be opportunity for one of them there, right? Yeah. I I'm kind of sneaky on Torin Prince, a guy who we've kind of fell for last year. Um, and Joe Harris, I guess you can include him too. He kind of somewhat broke out. Um, who else did I want to say? Uh, there's somebody else I was just thinking about. Oh, Danny Green quickly. Um, Mike Trudell said he was going to play around 30 minutes possibly, which is huge for Danny Green. Uh, a guy who I launched, I think I had him at like shooting guard 32. I bumped him up to like shooting guard 18. Um, mm. if he, or whatever they work out, whether it be shooting guard or they may start Avery Bradley. Another guy who got actually a boost was, uh, Alex Caruso, uh, a guy who I got a big boost on him. Um, yeah. If they don't want to play LeBron at quote unquote point guard, and Caruso looks freaking ripped, by the way. Um, was there? But there was a photoshopped picture of Alex yeah. Caruso, which which led to someone photoshopped his head onto like a bodybuilder, <laughs> and then and then the next week the league sent him a drug test. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is a true story. And so and they said it was like random, but he was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Yeah. So, so someone basically trolled him into being drug tested by the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's so funny. But yes, he does look good, and there's actually talk like, can he start? Which mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. But I, think I don't it's know. Possible. 
If I had to bet on somebody, I mean, the other bets are going to be Avery Bradley and then LeBron kind of the de facto point guard. Like, is Rajon Rondo definitely not starting? Because LeBron's the point guard. Yeah, I think that this new group of guys knows that you don't put Rajon Rondo on the floor with LeBron. Don't do it. You know. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the plan. But um, yeah, I mean, the other other guys you're talking about, you're looking at Caruso, Rondo for the reasons I said, Quinn Cook, who I don't think can really defend for how they want to use him in defense. Not that Caruso's great either. Um, Bradley's washed. KCP's kind of washed. I mean, Troy Daniels obviously isn't an answer. Like, of all those guys, is there really anybody you're worried about? No. I mean, I do think Bradley, if he stays healthy, will yeah. will be on the court. KCP washed is a little harsh, but, yeah, so. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a 3 and D guy. And they need that court-spreading shooting, so he could be out there. But I don't know. That's his... The, the Lakers are a great team to watch in the preseason, I think, because you're going to sure. see. I mean, we know LeBron, we know AD. Everything else kind of open for debate. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think the Wolves have some opportunity to, whether the Roko at the four thing works or doesn't work out, possibly keep an eye on maybe Jordan Bell as a four, um, maybe even Loa Vonley as a four. They, they, they said they may possibly start Jake Lehman. Um, I think we just naturally transition to our next pod topic, which is what to look for in training camp. Yeah, there you go. It's, we're almost there, man. Almost, keep, keep yeah. going. Yeah, so there's a lot yeah. to watch. We'll obviously I'm already in. starting. I'm drafting legit fantasy teams already. So Yeah, media, uh, media day's coming up. We're going to try to hit like everybody. So if you kind of weren't locked in uh, on what's been happening and moving parts, we'll tr- we're going to try to blurb like literally everybody you could draft in your fantasy team from – a yep. five man to a, if you play odd man, it's cool, good for you. Or to like all the way thirty man. So it's ready to dig in, man. Summer's been too long. Yeah, I'm excited to get going. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anything else? Uh, obviously, check out the draft guide, guys. Do it. Um, and anything else you want to add? No, just ton of work's gone into the draft guide. We're still, you know, as, as we said at the top, adding content and getting it going. All right. See so you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck on football. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Mike.